everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 24. She probably makes a good breakfast. Recorded May 18th, 2012. And brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com Welcome back, everybody, to episode 24, take 24 of The Periodic Table. This is the show that didn't want to happen. Um, but before we waste any more time, I'm going to move right along and say that uh, the 24th element in the periodic table is chromium, that wonderful thing that we make chrome out of, known to add horsepower to engines for decades. But what you may not know is that chromium ore, in its pure state, is bright red and is often used as a pigment in oil paints. So there you go. We have now been educational and scientific. Now we can be stupid for the rest of the show. And I have with me for the stupidity, um, Mr. Steve Cherubino for his first time on the periodic table. Hi, Steve. Hey, Mark. I've never been introduced that way, but um, I appreciate coming <laughs> on this show to add stupidity. Well, no, you were here for the stupidity, not necessarily to add stupidity. <laughs> cool. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, if we can just make all this happen. We actually have another person trying to come in via a uh, cell phone. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. But we also have with us Mr. Corey Knapp, the invisible one. Hi, Corey. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Someday I'm going to have to get you to send me a picture or something that I can put up while you're on the on the air just so people can have something to look at. Corey does video. I have it, but you can't do it through Skype, you said, right? Yeah, he can't, he can't do the Google Hangout because gotcha, Google, gotcha. Google Plus is not um, screen reader compatible, which is unpleasant and unfortunate. Sucks. So that's why he's never on with us on video. And maybe someday when I get my Skype worked out, we can do that. But uh, And also maybe or maybe not with us at some point in time will be Aaron Butler, but we'll bring him right in. I want to begin with our first story of the night. Uh, you know, we often pick on Florida. That's sort of a recurring theme here on the show. Uh, awesome. But I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah. Steve lives in Florida, by the way. Um, I'm going to pick on Texas this, this week. Um, right here in my home area, DFW area. A young man, 18-year-old Keithan Manuel, is currently sitting in the Dallas County Jail because he had the bright idea of walking into the uh, Wilmer um, uh, police station with a towel over his hands, pointed at the person behind the desk and say, give me all your money. Not a smart thing to do. Um, then he kind of laughed it off and yeah, said whatever. He said he wanted to check on the status of a warrant and gave a fake name. Um, but people were kind of looking at him weird, and then for some reason he said, you know, I do have a gun. At which point, armed officers wrestled him to the ground and <laughs> threw him in jail. They did a search for him. He didn't have a gun on him. He just wanted to say he had a gun. I can't imagine why that was. Uh, but what he did have was a number of outstanding warrants uh, for robbery and other things. So, here's the, here's the scenario. You're 18 years old. You're a thug. You have warrants out for your arrest. You walk into a police station and try to rob it. Don't rob the cops. That's the moral of this story. I think I know what happened here. And right. I think Keith Keithan, I think he Keithan. made a lot of I think he made a lot of money doing this. You think it was a bet? I'm certain 
I don't know. I'm not certain. I, I would bet that his friends bet him to do this because this is something my friends back in the day would have bet me to do. Well, do you think <laughs> really? the uh, money he won on the wager would cover his $200,000 bond? <laughs> no. No. No, no. See, his downfall was actually doing it. Yeah. Having warrants, too. And having warrants. Yeah, let's not, <laughs> let's not leave out that part of the equation there. So, yeah, he is, he's currently sitting in jail with a $200,000 bond. Um, and the officer, I love the quote at the end, this young man wasn't using his head. <laughs> really? Mm, let's see. It looks like from the picture, his head has gone through some abusive scenarios. So <laughs> yes. maybe that has something to do with it. There's definitely some, some evidence of head trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, welcome to the show. The first show, the first uh, thing you're introduced with is idiots. That's what we talk about every week. I'm used to this. I, I've, have you ever listened to the Brochachos, uh, uh, Lalo's podcast? <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's similar. And this, you know, this brings me back to a little bit of nuts at night in the good old yeah, days. Yeah, a little nuts at night action. It's very similar. Um, and the chat room is saying, put the link in the notes. Okay, there's the link. Um, the next one, just moving right along. Uh, we did a story a while back about a Romanian uh, motorcyclist who uh, was uh, riding around naked and was cited for uh, not wearing a helmet. Apparently, that was the only Romanian law she broke. Uh, didn't have uh, the fact that she was naked didn't matter. It was the fact that she wasn't wearing a helmet. Well, here's a new one. Um, and my link isn't coming up. Somebody else click on it for me. Uh, that I'm calling not a Romanian motorcyclist. Joseph Glenn Farley decided he would do some naked unicycling. Go figure. Once again, in Texas, in the small town of Kima, Texas, um, uh, it's, it's in southeast Texas, uh, the, the man was riding his unicycle across a bridge in the nude and, quote, creating a hazard. <laughs> so earlier, about 20 minutes earlier, he had been trying to ride his unicycle across the bridge and kept falling off into traffic. And so the police turned him away and said, you know, this is not safe. Don't do this. And his answer to that was, fine, if he won't let me do it clothed, I'll do it naked. What the heck? Um, it so sounds he, like sound reasoning. He was going to help his balance? Yeah. Maybe they won't <laughs> notice me if I don't have my clothes on. And they'll think it's some other unicyclist. <laughs> well, first of all, who hasn't ridden a unicycle naked across a bridge? I mean... Just this morning. I did it twice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's common. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So uh, Farley told officers, quote, he likes the feeling of riding without his clothes, which were found at the base of the bridge. So basically he took his clothes off and threw them over the bridge. And he's, wow. he's wow. He definitely had a plan in his head. Plan, yeah, he was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> he executed it well. Now, for the men in the audience, you've seen a unicycle seat. That that that's going to cause some pressure on some some certain areas that I would think removing your clothes would be unpleasant, not more pleasant. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But um, I think we should rate. I think we should guess the IQs of each of these people <laughs> as you do the stories. You know, it wouldn't yeah, surprise me at all if he was like a tenured college professor. To be honest. Because yeah, you know, people do weird stuff, whether or not they're stupid. Uh, this guy's not may or may not be stupid, but he's definitely dumb. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of dumb, how many have seen the uh, the, the movie Up? I have. Yes. Classic movie. Um, the dogs in the show wear a cone of shame, they call it. The, uh, the dog collar that people uh, put on dogs to keep them from licking wounds or whatever. Well, there was a teacher in um, Pasco County, Florida. Sorry, Steve. We're back to Florida. Who thought it would be a good idea um, to put these on her students. Sort of like the modern equivalent of a dunce cap. And uh, as the story goes, uh, the students were into it. They thought it was funny. They were having a good time with it. Um, nobody was mad at anybody. Some of them even volunteered. Hey, well, put it on me. I want to see what it's like. Uh, but it was like if you were caught uh, chewing gum when you shouldn't, you, they put the cone of shame on you. You can't reach your mouth to put gum in. It was all in good-natured fun until a picture ended up on Facebook. And once the picture hit Facebook, parents saw it and things went nuts. And she is now... Um, in all sorts of big trouble. Wow. You, you know, this, this to me is a shame. She's probably a great teacher. It sounds mm -hmm. like from reading the article, the students love her. Um, this is just super lame, overblown, some idiot parent, like I think blowing it out of proportion. And, I just, you know, don't, don't fire her. Maybe just raise some objection saying maybe it's not the best thing in the world to do that. This is lame. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think this is cool. You know, I've, I've tried to read this with, with two minds, right? You know, I'm in education that I work around schools all the time, and I see this as a very bad idea, you know, and, and as a parent, I wonder what my reaction would be if my nine-year-old daughter came home and told me as we were watching up, hey, I wore one of those the other day in class. I don't think I would be too happy about it. Uh, but on the other hand, it doesn't look like anybody was mad at anybody. But right. that's true. Yeah, that's, I mean, if, but you yeah. know, is there a socially acceptable way to humiliate somebody? That's really what this comes down to. Uh, you know, it's like I said earlier, it's the old dunce cap. You used to set the guy up in the corner of the room on a stool with a big pointy hat on his head and, and call him a dunce. Uh, and that was totally socially acceptable a hundred years ago. And this is the modern equivalent of that. Of that. And we're seeing that, uh, that is no longer socially acceptable. I, I don't quite know how I would respond to it as a parent. But honestly, I don't think she should lose her job over it. I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't either. I don't think it's – nobody was hurt, so nobody was hurt or anything. So, If I was a parent, I would – and my kid told me that, and I got – I'd probably get a little upset and be like, what? The teacher made you wear that? And then like, I, would, I would confront the teacher and find out what's going on. You know what I mean? And I think I would have found out that – yeah, that we did it kind of as a joke, um, and the students all laughed about it and stuff. And I'd probably be like, yeah, "It's not the best idea to do that." And but I, I wouldn't threaten her, have her be threatened of her job about this. Yeah, the teacher has apologized and said putting the cone collar on the students was quote probably a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, she learned her lesson. Lesson. <laughs> um, not not worth losing your job over. Yeah. Can I do one more? Sure, go right ahead. There, uh, I came across a story today, which I thought was pretty cool. And I will put the link in the Element OP chat room so everybody who came here live can see it. And that's a good reason to come live. It's uh, a guy who basically uh, wanted to be different. You can tell very much from this article. It's actually video more than an article, so it's like you can't really read it. But uh, he basically installed four magnets in his arm, got them implanted in his arm. Oh, I saw that. 
in his wrist so he can wear an iPad or iPod Nano as a watch with no strap. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah, and yeah. the dude is all tattooed up from neck to toe, and he's he's clearly not your uh, typical individual. But uh, yeah, he had them. He went to a, a piercing uh, specialist and had the uh, the tattoos or the, the magnets put put in his arm. Yeah, and in video, it's the video's at Reuters.com. The name of the video is Man Gets Magnetic Implants to Hold iPod. So if you search for that, you'll find it. And um, he doesn't seem like the like he's terribly bright, but uh, he, definitely, <laughs> he definitely wanted to be different. And he was very proud that he was the only person in the world that had this. And let's face it, if you're one of those guys who's tattooed over 90% of your body, you are uh, an attention seeker. And th yeah. this was, without a doubt, attention-seeking behavior. Uh, but it worked. He got the attention he deserved, or uh, he wanted anyway, whether he deserved it or not. Yeah. I, think that, I think that this is a trend to come. I'm serious. I think that electronics in the future are going to be more infused into our bodies, and I think this is kind of the beginning. Like somebody found a cool way to do it. Didn't they have some wearable stuff to you a while ago? I saw because you could like wear certain things like for... I don't even know what it was, but some wearable stuff that you could wear, like easier to. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. coats. I think coats have like batteries in them now. And batteries in them. And and USB yeah, ports. Cord ports and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're heading. <laughs> Personally, I would like to have gauges on my body somewhere telling me what vitamins that my body needs at, and what I'm lacking, like what I'm deficient in. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, see, I that never would, know. That would be cool works. tech. If you, yeah, if you could like cool. swallow yeah. a capsule that communicated with your phone via Bluetooth. And, <laughs> you know, that would be yeah. cool. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Because I, I would love my body to run optimally, but there's no like gauges. You know, it's right. like, like trying to fix, drive a car with no gauges, no warning lights, nothing. And you just, and you're not very familiar with how a car runs. You know, it's, you don't know what it needs to maintain it. And then, yeah, uh, then what would happen is the insurance companies would want copies of that data. They would find out that you're, you know, deficient in potassium, and your rates would go up twelve percent. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Snowball. <laughs> I mean, so you like tap the gauge with your finger, and you and you kind of realize <laughs> that it was malfunctioning. <laughs> All right. So just to uh, prove that we are in fact a, a global podcast, and also to prove that the U.S. doesn't corner the market on stupid criminals. Here's a story of, uh, that comes out of, uh, Kalima, Colombia, or excuse me, Cali, uh, Colombia, the, the internet cafe. Um, well, the article lists, lists as, as both Cali and Kalima. So I'm not sure which it is. Uh, but there's, uh, internet in, in particularly in South America, internet cafes are a way of life. People don't have internet access at their homes. Uh, mo mo many of them don't even have f telephones. Uh, so there, every city of any size has an internet cafe where you go to do all your internet work. So two men uh, went into an internet cafe, uh, spent some time there, did what they needed to do, and then on their way out, walked up to the cashier, pointed a gun at him, and said, give me all your money. So they, they took the money, and they walked out. And then, of course, they called the police after that was over, and they said, well, which computers were they on? They went over there, and one of them was still logged into Facebook. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I love it. So it was you, know how, you know how many people Facebook has helped like incriminate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's so it was great. pretty darn easy for the police to uh, find who the man was. They went to his house and he just, you know, 
kind of couldn't deny it. And then he's now being dealt with in whatever the way the Colombian officials deal with it, which I'm pretty sure is not as mild as they would do here in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I would tend to think so. So the moral of that story is before you commit a crime, log out of Facebook. Log out of Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, and also once you commit the crime, don't brag about it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that too. Yeah, we've that was a story a couple of weeks ago. A guy uh, siphoned some gas out of police cars and and had his girlfriend take pictures and post it on Facebook. Um, people are stupid. They really yes. are. It's really. I mean, I say it every day. It's if, it's idiocracy. It's definitely idiocracy. Right. Of course, we talk about dumb criminals, right? But if you're that dumb, crime is pretty much the only way you're going to make a living. That's true. No. Uh, no, I don't think so. I've met many dumb people who have um, had jobs where I, I needed something from them and well, I had yeah. to deal with them. <laughs> okay. I have to tell a story. This is my favorite story and I'm going to tell it really quickly. But to tell a story, I first have to tell a joke. So here we go. Uh, and you're, you'll get this. Uh, um, uh, where I used to work, uh, there was a manager who walked around and used to like to tell corny jokes. So here was the joke. A guy uh, is an avid deer hunter, likes to go deer hunting. His wife wanted to go deer hunting with him. He nagged and nagged and nagged. Uh, she nagged and nagged and nagged. Until finally, he took her deer hunting. He sat her down in a quiet place and uh, said, just, you know, I'm going to go over here and hunt. If anything happens, fire your gun in the air three times uh, and I'll come running. So he goes back and he's settling down in his deer blind. He's just getting ready. Uh, and he hears bang, 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 bang. So he gets up and he runs as quickly as possible to his wife. And he's just, he's hauling it as fast as he can. And uh, there's a, uh, his wife is standing there arguing with her man. And he gets there just in time to hear the man say, fine, lady, you can have the deer. Just let me get my saddle off of it. Okay. So that's the joke. And the proper response to that joke is to chuckle a little bit and, and say, ha ha. Well, there was a guy I used to work with. His name was Jay. And we called him Jay the Idiot. And Jay the Idiot heard that joke and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed like nobody had ever laughed at that joke before. And it's just the joke isn't that funny. Um, and sometime later on during the day, I happened to be standing next to him. And you know how when you hear a funny joke, you kind of repeat the punchline to yourself and chuckle about it. Well, this was several hours later. And I heard him laugh and say, guy riding a deer. <laughs> so when you talk about the fact that there are stupid people in the world i have my jay the idiot story that yes there are people who are that stupid yes and we must we must encourage them and foster them <laughs> yeah how about some uh some swedes who are stupid um a group of oh, we're insult we're insulting the whole we're world. We're going these days. all around yeah, the world, everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A group of diehard campers in Sweden um, pushed their way through some military blockades to set up camp in the point in the area of a live fire exercise. It was a it was a military <laughs> operation. They had the area cordoned off. They had explicit warnings. They had signs, um, but that didn't deter the campers. They they went on in. Uh, they were from Stockholm, and uh, they were out there and they set up their uh, little uh, uh, campsite there. And luckily, somebody found them. And when they got there, here was the, my favorite quote. There, of course, this is translated, but the uh, quote was, "Well, we figured it probably wasn't that bad." <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, yeah, the really? sign says "danger, live ammo, ordnance explosion, whatever it said," and they figured, no, nah, it's probably not oh, well. that bad. 
I'll camp here. <laughs> yeah, still, I, I, I'm on vacation, dang it, and I'm going to camp. So they had to call a helicopter in to airlift them out because it wasn't safe to have even military personnel in. So they uh, airlifted them out and took them uh, to somewhere else, and, and they were charged. Uh, it says they're, they're going to uh, 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 charge the, them for the flight. I don't know that they were put in jail or anything. Oh, yeah, it says right here they were taken to the local police. Uh, it says the campers were not named, and the Swedish military officials were not amused and vowed to charge the trio uh, for flying them to safety as well as for the disrupt- disruption of military drills. So, you know, it's just probably not that bad. Could they, Did they understand the sign? They could read that language and everything. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, they weren't from another country. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Pretty dumb, yeah. That's <laughs> all you can say about that. <laughs> I mean, there. I guess people commonly now just disregard signs because there's so many signs around for things. You know what? Forget it. I'm trying to justify for these guys. They're just plain dumb. <laughs> you know, I can understand disregarding a no littering sign. I can understand disregarding a speed limit sign, right? But to disregard a danger live fire zone sign is a little, little excessive. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I have a less extreme story. I. I live in a a townhouse complex here, and so we all kind of share the lawn around our houses. But I think that it's, you know, it's common manners to just say, okay, well, this grass is near your house, so that's kind of your kind of lawn. You know what I mean? Some people don't. They they take their dogs, they bring them right around to my house, and they let them crap on the grass. And they don't pick it up, which is one of the rules of the association here. You got to pick it up. So um, I put a sign. I, I found some right next to where I walk into my front door. And I, put, I took my uh, alarm sign for Brinks Security, whatever it is, and I wrote, uh, I took a piece of paper, I wrote with magic marker, whosoever dog did this, pick it up, have some manners, and then under it I wrote, this area is now under video surveillance. I don't know if it's going to work, but if, Mark, are you there? Yeah, I don't know what that okay. was. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work, but if you saw a handwritten sign with markers saying an area is under video surveillance, would you believe it or not? I, I want to get your opinions on this. Personally, no. I, I would think no, that's I a lot of bluster. Now, if you would you still do it with your dog, even though you kind of don't believe it, would you just give, give it a, would you be more hesitant with your dog knowing now that I'm aware that somebody's doing it and I said their area is being videoed? Well, uh, there, there's two questions there. Uh, would I do it? No. But I wouldn't let my dog crap on somebody's yard in the first place. I wouldn't either. Were I the type of person who would let my dog take a dump and not clean it up? Yes, I would do it even though there's a sign saying there's video surveillance. Gotcha. What do you think, Corey? Um, Yeah, I kind of think, I mean, I wouldn't do it either, but I think people probably wouldn't, don't care. If they're going to do it, they might not care at all. They might just say whatever. I mean, it could be somebody visiting for a day with somebody who knows them. Oh, well, who cares? Kind of. That's how a lot of people are. We have here. It's like that too in our yard. People, I put a little nighttime camera out the other day, a little vision. We put it out there because we we caught somebody, but we, we, we were out the other day at like 1030 at night. We went outside for something and we saw somebody in there. Oh, oh, they go. Oh. And then they said, (laughs) uh, you know, um, they ran away. So we put a camera out there and. Hopefully at night, so we'll see what happens. Wow, so you do have an actual camera out there. That's nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, nothing special, but. Yeah, so Cody's still. not bluffing. He actually means it. He, he means it. I didn't, put, I, didn't, I didn't put a sign up, though. <laughs> so well, my, yeah, next step, my next step is, 
if I do see somebody out there, I'm just going to turn on my camera or my phone and just film them with the, the video yeah. on my phone. Or if I can't catch anyone and I still see it, I'm going to probably buy five of those little signs you jab into the ground that usually are for yep. like houses or yard sales. And I'm just going to write on them. Um, if you, if your dog craps in my yard, I will come and crap on your yard or something yeah. of that nature. I like that. I would love to see that. I would pay money to see Steve drop his drawers in yep, somebody's like front yard. Yeah. No way. Well, how much? <laughs> we'll talk off the air. Next thing you know, Mark's going to send me to a police station pretending to have a gun. <laughs> That's right. yeah. Just put this towel over your hands and, and nobody it'll will be, know. It'll be funny. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know why my camera's frozen up, but at least it's in a a laughing pose. There we go. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to move on to my next story. Every now and then, we also uh, point uh, at stories that I think are total BS. This is a BS story, in my opinion. Um, This is uh, in in Germany, as I recall. Um, Lake Eichbaum, uh, near the... uh, uh, North Port City of something or other, uh, Hamburg, there we go, near Hamburg, Germany, um, has had a massive die-off of fish. About 500 dead fish have been found in the lake, uh, and there are swimmers uh, in the area. Uh, but uh, according to local fishermen, it's the swimmers peeing in the lake that are killing the fish. <laughs> here's here's the quote swimmers who urinate in the lake are introducing a lot of phosphate said the spokesman for the hamburg angling association um and we're calculating half a liter of urine per swimmer per day so the phosphate builds up uh contributes to a buildup of blue green algae in the water playing havoc with the lake's ecosystem and apparently poisoning the fish now, does anybody else call BS on this one? Yeah, I think it is. Let's, totally. Let, let's think about that for just a second. First off, not everybody pees in the lake, right? Their yep. assumption is that everybody who goes to the lake pees every time they go to the lake and produces half a liter of urine every time. Even so, is this lake literally the size of like a kiddie pool? <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's what I was the, thinking. Aren't there systems that can break down the the urine and the? I mean, if you're gonna blame urine, wouldn't you blame fish urine? There's a lot yeah. more fish, fish peeing in the pool uh, in the lake than there are people. <laughs> That's a good point. Nobody ever questioned the fish. Yeah. yeah. And if you read farther, read farther down in the story, uh, basically the fishermen don't want the swimmers there because they're getting in their way. When there are people, when there are swimmers there, the fishermen can't fish, um, and they want they want them out. There's another thing that says uh, this is crazy. Ice skaters, uh, when the lake is frozen, make noise that wakes the fish up out of hibernation. When they wake up, they freeze to death and die because now they're out of hibernation and they can't breathe. That's another thing that they're postulating. <laughs> wow. Did, a, did like a kindergartner make this up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, these, this is clearly, this reminds me of a rabid homeowners association is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just coming up with any reason possible to keep people off of that lake because they're killing the fish. It's, it's horrible. Now, I, I will confess to at some point in my life, Having peed in a lake. I, I've done it. Yes. 
but I don't do it every time I'm in a lake. It's not like a regular occurrence. And I have to assume that that's the case for everybody. I don't know. Maybe in Germany, people just pee all over the place. I don't know. I've never been to Germany. Well, after reading this story, I'm sure you regret doing that now, and it's probably weighing heavily on your conscience. Yes, I, I yeah. killed fish. You know. Killed fish. Fish killer. Which means I have to totally jump in to the next story. Uh, it's actually the next, next, not the next story, but it gave us a perfect leadway uh, to a man in Thanesville. Thanesville is, oh, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I used to be so good at finding these locations before the air. I don't remember now. It, wherever Thanesville is, I think it's New Jersey, somewhere around there, is a killer of fish. Uh, Bill Wist, Wist, W-I-S-T-H, at six foot six, 350 pounds, is a man who can put away some fish. So he went locally uh, recently to a local uh, uh, restaurant called Chuck's Place where they had an all-you-can-eat fish fry. They fed him 12 fish and said, no more fish for you. Um, we're running out of fish, they said. Well, he threw a fit and they said, all right, we will give you eight more fish for a total of 20 fish if you agree to leave now. He left, but he came back the next day with a handwritten picket sign on a piece of cardboard. And he's been out there every day, uh, every weekend anyway, picketing Chuck's all-you-can-eat fish, saying that they uh, are false advertising because they don't really give you all they can eat. Hmm. Hmm, well. Do they have any small print um, small saying print. Yeah, something to, you know, clear them about to clear them on this? Uh, would you? Honestly, if you ran a place called Chuck's Place, would you have fine print in your menu? No, I'm probably sure not. not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but, now they know. I, I mean, I think they got to serve the guy, and then they learn their. Le they got to change their policy. Yeah, now yeah. it's it's almost all you can eat fish. Twenty fish, and that's it. <laughs> but exactly <laughs> twenty fish, not twenty pieces of fish. Twenty fish. That's a oh, lot fish. of fish. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, you're twenty fish. Yeah, exactly. So he, for him to come back picketing, he must have been able to eat more than 20 fish, right? Exactly. Yeah, he wanted right. more. But what it says is he's a regular of the place. He even has a ta an unpaid tab. Like he has charged food there that he hasn't paid for. And he's picketing. And at yeah. the end, at the, yeah, that's the, you gotta you gotta go to the the website and watch the video uh, of the local uh, television station. The woman, the reporter there who's doing the stand up, is literally rolling her eyes as she's reading this copy. Like I can't believe I went to college for this, and they're making me do this story. But at the end of the thing, he says, "You know, I eat here all the time. They have some of the best deep dish pizza around." <laughs> <laughs> but the way he says it, they do have like some of the best pizza in right. town if you like deep dish pizza. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, this is really, um, this is the world we live in. <laughs> it is. It so, is. <laughs> what needs to happen is Bill Wist needs to go to Germany and eat all the dead fish, and then everybody will be happy. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if he would want fish that tastes like pee. <laughs> there, there is something to be said for that. Who wants pea fish? <laughs> Damn. I didn't watch the video, but this guy looks quite large. Six foot six, <laughs> 350 pounds. That's a big man. It's a big man. Yeah. Puts, puts away some fish. Yeah. I'm, I'm not quite that big. I'm a big guy, but uh, I'm, I'm six five. Uh, but 
That's a, can you eat can you eat twenty fish? No. Uh, in fact, I have been to all you can eat fish things before, and um, like I, I could probably do ten, maybe twelve. I could, but that would be stuffing myself to the point of miserable. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. That's Hardcore. <laughs> That's a lot of fish. There's a show title. That's a lot of fish. Yeah, I like that. Oh, we haven't been keeping up with possible show titles. Oh, yeah. Jim, if you're listening, I hope you're doing that for us. Um, all right, moving right along. This one I'm calling Hooker's Pack in Heat. <laughs> yes, I said that. <laughs> this is Stockton, New Jersey. Um, uh, two, uh, 25-year-old man uh, believed a prosti- prostitute had stolen his smartphone. Um, so he, uh, uh, Jazil Salmaron and Cesar Salmaron, uh, went to a motel, uh, about eight 25 in the morning to confront one of his residents, uh, residents of the motel who apparently they had been there the night before, um, uh, because their, their smartphone was missing at the North Wilson way motel. Um, the, uh, the. Uh, ladies of the evening in question uh, refused to open the door. And so uh, Jazil and Cesar uh, pulled out their guns and opened fire, shot at the door. <laughs> at which point the hookers pulled out their guns <laughs> and shot back. The difference is they didn't miss. <laughs> and so now the two guys showed up at the hospital for treatment. Um, 28-year-old Cesar Salmaron was arrested on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon and negligent discharge of a firearm. <laughs> wow, and, and hookers just got away. Well, they were away. self-defense. That's exactly right. They were fired on yeah. first. And just the fact that they were prostitutes apparently just left the, everybody's notice altogether. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And prostitutes who may or may not have stolen a smartphone. Sure. But, you know, I mean, I, mean yeah. I, I can understand that. I mean, if you can't trust somebody you're paying for sex, who can you trust? I know. I'm certain they wouldn't have the wouldn't gumption to steal somebody's smartphone. Steal smartphone. I mean, clearly they're not the criminal element. I can't imagine why you would think them distru- uh, uh, untrustworthy in any way. Yeah, I, I would, you know, put my life in the hands of a prostitute. Hands of them, yeah. <laughs> And following up on a couple of stories we've done in the past, seriously, folks, don't die anywhere outside the U.S. Because they're going to bury you before you're dead. We've done a couple of stories about this from China and from South America. Uh, This is from, uh, I think one of them was Czechoslovakia. This is from Luxor, Egypt. Uh, A 28-year-old waiter in southern Egypt um, was uh, woke up at his own funeral. (laughs) <laughs> Hamid Hafez, Hamid Hafez Al Nubi, uh, who came from the village of Naga Al Siman in the southern province of Luxor, uh, suffered a heart attack at work. Uh, his uh, grieving relatives took him home, and according to Islamic tradition, uh, washed his body and prepared him for burial uh, a couple of days later. Doctors. Uh, were sent to uh, sign uh, the death certificate uh, and found it odd that his body was still warm. Upon closer inspection, not only was he warm, he was breathing. 
And with the doctor's assistance, uh, both Al-Nubi and his mother, uh, oh wait, uh, with his doctor's assistance, he woke up, at which point his mother fainted. Uh, so then the doctor turns his attention to his mother, who both, they then both woke up and were soon celebrating. Wow. Well, that's... So, you know... You, know, you, you got to be tipped off a little bit with a warm body. Body, you know? yeah. You're like bathing this dude and you're like, this guy doesn't feel dead. Yeah, I didn't know the water we were using was this warm. Warm. (laughs) Did somebody pee in it? (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, so if you're going to die, come to the U.S. Because we make sure people are dead before we bury them. And other countries, maybe not. No, they need to be a little more observant. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Steve, you weren't around, but we we told a story a few weeks back about a, a Chinese woman who got up out of her own coffin and went (laughs) to make herself some breakfast uh and what the guy that came yeah the guy came back and found her sitting on a stool cooking and she said well when i woke up the the coffin was sealed and i worked up a real appetite getting out of there and then i was hungry so i went to make breakfast oh my god (laughs) that's just weird like nine she was like 90 something it was like 95 what oh my god (laughs) that's crazy she probably makes a good breakfast, though. I mean, that's what she <laughs> yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, the breakfast of her life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, and something a little more serious. What happens when freedom of religion and freedom of speech collide? This is the what's being answered in Oregon, uh, where a mother of seven is being sued for defamation by her firm, former church over critical comments she made online. Uh, Julie Ann Smith, a stay-at-home mom who uh, homeschools her children, um, uh, had a falling out with her church uh, back in 2008. And in 2009, she took her fight to the web and started uh, filling out like uh, like Google reviews of places, and she was being very negative there. And um, and so you could review a church on Google. Apparently, you can. Who knew? I didn't. Um, and um, there's a show title. You can review a church on Google. Uh, so anyway, so the church members were getting on and, and giving positive comments, pushing her comments out of the, the listing. So she decided she would set up a blog. Uh, and, you know, of course, what angry Internet citizen hasn't set up a blog at some point to uh, ridicule someone? So she launched her blog. Uh, and uh, just a few days later, Pastor Charles O'Neill filed a $500,000 lawsuit against her and her daughter and three other former members of the church claiming that some of the comments posted online amounted to defamation. Um, O'Neill has been the pastor for the last 13 years. So he was around through all of this and still now. Um, So what do you think about that? Should churches be suing people for defamation? I don't know what the rights of a church are. I guess they're the same as uh, like a business. Um, What was she saying? Uh, well, basically, she accused them of uh, spiritual bullying and of of shunning people. I, I'm trying to find some of the exact quotes. They were they were not good quotes. It was uh, uh, they accu- she accused them of uh, um, misusing children. Uh, she pointed out that there was a sex offender in the church, a convicted sex offender. When they did some research on that, it turned out to be a mentally disabled 13-year-old boy who was accused of touching one of his sisters inappropriately. So that's not exactly the hardened child rapist that she tried to make it out to be. I see. Hmm, so she I was see. making so. Hmm. 
And so, yeah, yeah they, I think they do have a right to sue. I mean, if if you're if somebody's if it's libel, I mean, if she's writing something in a blog that's not true and is harmful, why not? Yeah. Yeah, Jim in the chat room says, I guess last year's offering point was, was a little bare. Uh, and it's easy, you know, it's easy to make such an accusation saying that, you know, they're they're trying to sue this woman uh, because they need money. But, uh, you know, I, I think at some point, maybe they have an obligation to fight back. I don't know if the legal system is the way to do it, though. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a church going individual. I'm a, I am a man of faith. And, and the Bible I read uh, says that we are to pray for those who persecute us, not sue them. I gotcha. Uh, I think in order to win a battle that um, you need to win, you just if you're if it's legal that you can sue somebody and that's that's part of the laws. I would do it. You don't want your church to be defamed. I would definitely do it. I don't think it's wrong. What about her? I don't, I, I don't think wrong? churches should go sue crazy for no reason. But if they've been you know transgressed against by somebody, yeah, they should. They could if they can sue them and they're in the right, then they should sue them. Do, do, does she have a right to make the claims that she's making because she got mad at somebody in church? If she's actually breaking the law by writing stuff that's not true, and it's called isn't that called libel when you do that when you post something publicly and that's not true against somebody and uh, it's have, it's libel when you say it it's slander when you write it I think. Oh okay. Yeah, think so yeah. All right. Um, well, however that goes, yeah. If she's committing that crime, then she deserves to be sued. It's an interesting point. It's the two it is, really. fundamental uh, tenets of American uh, beliefs, the the right to, to free speech and the right to free religion, which are actually uh, in the Constitution, the same amendment. Same amendment. Um, ah, amendment. And, and they're colliding against each, uh, each other. One, one person, uh, you know, and there are limits on free speech. We, that is well known. You can't walk into a movie theater and yell fire so that people cr uh, trample each other getting out. Uh, there are limits on free speech and lands, uh, slander and libel are, are two things there. So uh, I've just never seen a, a, a religious entity uh, involved in such a lawsuit or being maybe not being the one bringing the lawsuit. Gotcha. There's no, the other side, right? And sticking with the theme of people who don't have freedom of speech, um, apparently the Marines don't have free speech. It's hoping Sean would be able to be with us on this one because he's a, a former Marine. Um, and uh, this is out of San Diego. Uh, a sergeant, um, Gary Stein, will be uh, being discharged for, quote, uh, other than honorable discharge for uh, def, uh, for, I don't want to say defaming, for negative posts he put on Facebook about President Barack Obama. Uh, and it's not just a... Uh, a one-time thing. He actually started a Facebook page, uh, basically to slam Obama, not to disagree with, uh, politics, but to slam the man in person. Um, and, uh, Sergeant Stein says, I love the Marine Corps. I love my job and I wish it hadn't gone this way. I'm having a hard time seeing how 15 words on Facebook could have ruined my nine year career. Um, oh. but the way the Marines are saying it, uh, is that, uh, you, your Marine oath says that you will not um, speak ill of the commander-in-chief. He took that oath. And the Marines say that the oath you took supersedes your rights as a citizen. And they're, they're kicking him out, saying, we don't, we don't want you anymore. They're, they're not prosecuting him. They're not suing him. They're just kicking him out. Yeah, I, think I, that's fine. I think that's, that's fine. That's the way it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I guess if that's the way it is, I guess, you know, those, like you said, the oath you he took, so to be in the Marines. So I guess, I mean, I kind of feel two ways, I guess, but if that's the main one, oh, supersedes the other one. So I guess, yeah, that's what happens to him, I guess. Yeah. One, one of the, uh, the military personnel says, I think 99% of the soldiers in the Marines currently on duty understand the duties of supporting the chain of command and understand that their rights of free speech are limited. And to that 1% who don't know that their rights of free speech are limited, once they take the oath, this is a loud and clear message. I think it's legit. You, you, you want to become part of a group. That group accepts you. They trust you. It's treasonous to uh, go against what you agreed to do. So they're not, they didn't kill the guy. They just said you're out of the group. Right. I think it's uh, fair. And the article goes on to point out that this uh, military policy was put in place during the Civil War. Where uh, you know you're fighting an unpopular war against your own countrymen, we will not allow you to uh, speak ill of your leadership. And so this is for you know uh, 200 years almost that's been in place. So it can't be that he didn't know it. He clearly knew what was going on. Yeah, uh, and, and for and, him to say I'm having a hard time seeing how 15 words on Facebook could have ruined his nine year career. Well, now he knows that was a stupid he, thing to do. Yeah, and so now it's time for him to find another career. And it, as unpopular as it may be, I, I don't think he, I don't think the military is to blame at all. I don't either. I don't think so either. Okay. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm calling just shoot me. Um, and this is, Outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, if I remember correctly, my page is being a little slow to load. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Stockholm, New York. It all it all comes together. Uh, Stockholm, New York, um, in the rural town uh, of Stockholm, 25 year old Sean Masau um, had a buddy that buddy is not named, who repeatedly, repeated not just once. Um, begged him to shoot him because he wanted to know what it was like to be shot. So he did shot him in the leg with a 22 caliber rifle. Um, and the, the unnamed victim is expected to make a full recovery, but now Mr. Masao is charged with reckless endangerment and being held in County jail on a $10,000 bond. Um, who was yeah. Moscow? The guy who shot him? Yeah. He was the one who did the firing. He got charged? I know. I don't think he should have. Well, I mean, is it okay to commit a crime even if somebody asks you to? Well, why is that a crime? Crime. He I mean, shot if you, somebody. If you want to be shot, so. be something. <laughs> so? <laughs> I don't know. If somebody says, I want to be shot, and it's fine. I don't know. I mean, wait a minute. So, wait a minute, Mark or, Mark or Corey. If I told one of you guys, punch me in the face because I want to feel what it, what, it likes to be in a, what it's like to be in a fight, and you do, is that assault? No, technically, yes, so. by the by, the letter of the law, it is. Even though there was an agreement there, yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean I, can I you legally make an agreement to give up your rights? Yeah, well, yeah, I think if he had a contract, if I think if he signed a contract with his friend to do this, I think he'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to get it in video. You got to record. Oh, Jim makes a good point. Get it in writing. Jim in the chat room makes a good point. Boxers do this all the time. Right? Yeah, they that's agree true. to let yeah. each other beat themselves up. Yeah, and we pay to see it. That's pay to right. See it, yeah. Pay-per-view and whatever, whatever. But, uh, you know. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got, this is a great idea for like a new either sport or show. You know, like have people who agree to be shot 
And then you just go all you go to the stadium and the arena and, and watch people be shot in different <laughs> body parts. I think it was the George Carlin bit. I think I saw the, it was something like the that the other night. The scary thing is that would that would be a multi-billion dollar idea. People would pay for that. You would <laughs> have would. primetime births on television for that. Oh, there'd be a whole channel that comes. Yeah, up, you know? yeah. Yeah, but uh, he, he, he shot him in the leg with a twenty-two rifle because his friend asked him many, many times again, said, I want to know what it feels like to be shot. But I wonder why he didn't shoot himself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Hmm. Good, good question. Now, I read, uh, uh, I had a friend of mine, this is one of those apocryphal stories. I don't know if it's really true or not, but a friend told a story about, you know, certain uh, weapons, certain handguns have safety measures where if a certain amount of pressure is on the barrel, uh, it won't fire. Like, uh, theoretically, you put your hand uh, right up to the weapon and fire, it won't fire. Um, and apparently, uh, in this small Texas town, as the story goes, an officer was demonstrating this feature to somebody else but he had a weapon that didn't have that feature and blew his own hand off so he's in a training class he holds up and says you see right here you put your hand up to it and you pull the trigger ah damn i wouldn't even have tested that <laughs> yeah yeah i would have explained it but not demonstrated yes. it that's i would have said theoretically theoretically this is how it happens <laughs> yeah that was a good one i <laughs> Of course, you know, if the if the guy who shot the other guy in the leg, if the, if Jackass had been filming that, would he still have gone to jail? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. No, he would yeah. have seen it in 3D. 3D, <laughs> yep. <laughs> With the blood splatter and everything. <laughs> oh. All right, and this, this, Corey, this one is just for you. While we're talking ah. about gun play, uh, as we've <laughs> mentioned before, Corey is a, is a uh, sightless individual. Uh, Corey, uh, have you ever fired a gun? No. Now, well, uh, apparently a man in Rockaway, New Jersey, Mr. Stephen Hopler of Rockaway, New Jersey, is an excellent shot, even though he's blind. I don't know how that works out, uh, but uh, he uh, had an accident. They don't uh, go into the nature of the accident, but he had an accident. And when the police uh, arrived at his house, they saw all the guns there. They saw a blind man with lots of guns around and they confiscated his handguns. They took them away from him uh, four years ago. And for four years, he's been arguing with the police saying, my uh, Second Amendment right says I can own these firearms. It doesn't say only people with sight can own these firearms. And uh, the judge agreed. And so just this week, he got all his guns back from the police. Bravo. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you should. I mean, if you... Yeah, I just think that's a that's kind of a cool story. The he's standing up for his constitutional rights. Constitutional uh, rights, and you know, yeah. I I personally would feel uh, very unsafe around a blind man with a weapon. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't live with him, so I'm exactly. going to support his constitutional rights exactly. to have those arms. Well, the state argued that Steve drinks too much. Is one right. of the arguments against him. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things there. But I love the the last thing was uh, the police said uh, they had their day in court. It's settled. We're done with it. And I, I think that's the right attitude to have. Yeah. They're, yeah. Not, they're not going to appeal. They're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to say, all right, we lost. It's his right. He has the guns. That's because they know he's probably going to do something stupid in the future that they could get Future, yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now, a blind man with a gun is scary. <laughs> A drunk with a gun is scary. A drunk blind man with a gun? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty true. frightened yeah. by that thought. Yeah. 
Maybe he can yeah, go find nice. the other person from New York. I mean, the other guy from. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> See, we're, we're, he was in New Jersey. The other guy's in New York. So the the guy who wants to know what it feels like to be shot should just go to Steve <laughs> Hopper's house with him. and he will find out. Get him, bring a fifth of whiskey with you. There and, you go. Uh, give him some time and you will know what it's like to be shot. <laughs> with multiple two different guns two for one yeah, yeah. yeah. i can round, show you a 22 caliber. i can show you a 38 i can show you a 45 show- <laughs> hold still boy i can't see you yeah. make some noise <laughs> make some noise so i know where you are <laughs> damn hey steve ever forgot where you parked your car sure yeah ever forgot where you parked 300 cars no. No. The state of Florida did. <laughs> Back in Florida again. Uh, specifically, Miami County. Um, there were over 300 electric uh, Priuses bought uh, by the Miami-Dade County uh, between the years of 2006 and 2007. Excuse me. I'm exaggerating. 298 uh, vehicles. Uh, and the county just recently, quote, discovered this fleet of vehicles with no mileage on them. That they have never, they didn't know were there. A, a Spanish language newspaper wrote an article about it. Somebody read the article and said, "Hey, those are our cars." <laughs> <laughs> it says they were uh, bought uh, during the time of uh, Carlos Alvarez during his time as mayor, and he was recalled. And what they're saying is that he was a bad mayor, and that's why he was recalled. And then during all of the the hubbub about him being recalled, it just slipped through the cracks. This is why I really do not enjoy paying taxes. Because I, I know what I do with my money, but the money that I'm forced to give to the government for, you know, for supposedly good reasons, ends up going into unused Priuses. Yeah, they're just sitting there, sitting somewhere. and Yeah, they've been sitting in a garage completely garage unused. Somewhere. Nobody's really said they quickly put 123 of them into service, but they couldn't even use all 300, excuse me, 298. I want to hold my <laughs> journalistic integrity. They, they couldn't use all of them. Uh, their warranty is running out. Uh, they don't know what effect, you know, sitting for three, year, uh, three years in, uh, well, more than that, almost five years, um, would have on the batteries, yeah, right? Yeah, batteries. What, what effect that would have on the batteries uh, in the in the Miami heat. Uh, their warranty is about to run out, and they have no miles on them because it's one of those miles or years warranty. Uh, so they're oh wait a minute. Well then, oh, oh, oh I got you. The years, years. Okay, right, right. So they've they've got you know they're if they were bought in two thousand six, they're six years old. Uh, and some that were bought in 2007 are only five years old. And uh, it says here they had an eight-year slash 100,000-mile warranty. So they've only got a couple of years of warranty on them left. Oh, that's so lame. That's, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that is really. It just, it, it, surely somebody had to, every morning, walk past this mass of cars and think, huh, hmm, hmm. those never move. Maybe I should mention that. I mean, this, is, this is incompetence at every level. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't know. We, I think we we and the people who listen to the show are more aware probably than the average person. Um, I have this rule called the six-month rule, and I, I use it on a couple people I know. When I'm out and about in the environment and I, I notice something, I observe something, I will wait six months, and then that person will originate to me that they've seen the same, the same thing. So it's like, you, <laughs> you know, like you pick up something and you notice something's out there, like a new kind of car, a new model of computer, a new something. 
And then some people just don't, they can't observe. They just don't observe things that are all around them all the time. This is, this well, is what I don't you hear every time you learn a new word, suddenly you hear it used all the time? Yeah. Yes, yes that's, that's very true. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but just thought I'd mention it. You just, you just miss it. It right. goes by. I agree. 300 cars. Excuse me. Cars. 298 oh, yeah. cars. Maybe they, maybe they didn't know what a Prius was and then it just, it just <laughs> yeah. invisible to yeah. them. Or maybe the guy who like sweeps the parking lot thought, you know, these people are so amazing. They park these cars back in the same, same spot, every, spot day. every day. <laughs> well, if they're like my parking garage, you, they would get tickets for not having regis- proper registrations. Uh, well, that, that happened to me yesterday. They're city my vehicles, car so they're probably exempt from that. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. Wow. All right. And, and moving up to my the last uh, uh, news story of the week. I'm calling this one, Burn Me Once, Shame on You. Burn Me Twice, Shame on Me. In Lumberton, North Carolina, Christina Beasley, 23 years old, uh, was jailed for trying to burn down her boyfriend's house. The problem with this is she had just gotten out of jail for trying to burn down her boyfriend's house. <laughs> Dude, this she went girl back to the sat same, in jail every day. Go ahead, Corey. She went back to the same place. She went back to the same boyfriend. Well, same. No, after after she got a j- out of jail, he took her back. Oh well. All right. So she went to jail for trying to burn his house down, uh, and and it succeeded. I mean, the house was on fire. Damage was done. Uh, repairs had to be made. Um, but she, uh, the damage was estimated to be $10,000. When she was released on bail, her boyfriend said, it's okay, I forgive you, you can come home. <laughs> Just a few days later, they had an argument, and he said, get out, crazy psycho woman. Which she retaliated for by piling up firewood against the home and trying to set it on fire. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Now, here's the question. Who is the more disturbed individual in this? Yeah, story? exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think they're, they're. I think they're made for each other. They, they, they deserve exactly. each other. That's exactly right. <laughs> and this, the picture in this article, this is not. I mean, he he wouldn't. He wasn't taking her back for her looks. Oh, come on! She looks charming. <laughs> she <laughs> looks like the kind of woman who would burn your house down. Is what she looks like. <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't read the story and just saw the picture, I would have said, this is the kind of woman who would burn my house down. <laughs> it's true. She does look like that. She welcome that evil welcome to eye. North Carolina. At least it didn't happen in Florida. Jeez. Right. Yeah, we've, we get plenty of Florida uh, on this show, but this one wasn't. Uh, okay, so last week we decided to start a new segment of the show called the Scumbag of the Week. Um, and it's sad that we have plenty of of uh, contestants for this every week. But this week we have two contestants for the scumbag of the week. Uh, the first is um, a doctor in uh, trying to figure out where it was. I forgot. See, I read all these stories together in Birmingham, UK. So this is not in the U.S. Uh, in Birmingham, U.K. Now, the, admittedly, they have an entirely different medical system there. I don't know anything about it, so uh, I'm speaking from a point of ignorance. But this 15-year-old girl died of tuberculosis after a long and lingering illness. Tuberculosis does not kill people quickly. The doctor refused to treat her, saying that she was, quote, lovesick. Loves sick. Yeah. She yeah. would come to the doctor's office and he would say, um, 
you know, you, you just, you met a boy, he broke your heart, you're pining for him. Then he said to the father, she's only doing this for the attention. You dote on her, you treat her like she's special. If you would stop doing this, she wouldn't be sick. This, sick. this went on for years. She had been seen by, by five doctors in four different hospitals, but nobody bothered to test her for tuberculosis, even though her dad ha- was currently undergoing treatment for tuberculosis, what? a disease that is communicable by breathing the same air that somebody has a disease has. He was being treated for it. They never bothered to test her. She vomited up to 10 times a day and had to be carried to bed like an old woman with weak legs. This is ridiculous. That's crazy. So, yeah, that uh, doctor, Dr. Sharad Shirpadaro Pandit, (laughs) go figure out. Uh, Yeah. uh, Clearly uh, 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 not an American. Sharad Shripadaro Pandit. Um, He accused the parents of, quote, mollycoddling her and said that she's just faking it. What's mollycoddling? Coddling. Okay. Yeah. Um. Scumbag. Scumbag. Yep, yep scumbag. <laughs> However, incompetent. He, I mean, it's more yeah, incompetent, incompetent than anything. Yeah. This is systemic incompetence because she was seen by five doctors at four hospitals and nobody thought, you know, this kind of looks like tuberculosis. That's a shame. It's true. Uh, yeah, it's really a shame. Yeah. Where is she from, you said? Uh, this uh, Birmingham, UK. UK? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, the, she is not, um, she's Asian. Uh, the, the article says that she spent time traveling in Asia. Tuberculosis is common in, in many third uh, world parts of the world. Uh, it's pretty much been eradicated here in the U.S., so we don't know a lot about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, this, this is a common thing. She had been treated for it previously, uh, but nobody bothered to think that it might be what's making her sick now. Yeah. So she spent her days um, weakened and vomiting and, and unable to function. And the doctor said, ah, she's just lovesick. Sucks. Scumbag. Yeah. And and competing for her with scumbag of the week is uh, out of Beaumont, Texas. There's a lot of Texas tonight on the show. Yvetta, I'm sorry, uh, Paige Parkinson. Um, it's hard for me to even tell the story. Sunday, Mother's Day. J.R. Uh, Clifton J.R. Barkin uh, asked his mother to drive him to the local Walmart so that he could buy uh, the woman he lives with, the mother of his children, um, uh, some Mother's Day present. So Yvette Wright, that's uh, uh, Barkin's mom, uh, took him to the to the uh, uh, to the store, dropped him off about eleven thirty p.m. So this is late Mother's Day night. Uh, dropped him off there. Uh, a few minutes later, she got a call from her son's phone. Uh, and Paige said, um, quote, I've killed him. He's dead. Why did she kill him? He got her a cheap Mother's Day present. Wow. Whoa. While the kid, the couple's two kids were asleep in the house, she took him out in the backyard and stabbed him several times. He died just after midnight in the backyard. Uh, and the police believe that Parkinson expected a more expensive gift, such as jewelry. She's being held in, held in jail on Jeez. a first-degree felony murder charge. That's awesome, Mark. Yeah. yeah so here's that. here's what uh, what I like about the well, what I dislike about this story. Her bail, seventy five thousand dollars. Kid who tries to rob 
um, a, uh, a police station with no weapon, $200,000. Woman who murders her own husband within earshot of the children, $75,000. Yeah, that's something's not right with that. That's clear. This is why I stopped watching the local news because stories like this. Yeah, so those are yeah. just bad. <laughs> those are our two candidates for scumbag of the week, and I will leave it as an exercise to the listener to decide who wins that dubious honor. So I, I like to end everything on a positive note, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We need like some happy music or yeah, something. Music, we need something. <laughs> yeah. Some like little party hats and like fireworks sorry i should have been pacing the stories a little better <laughs> <laughs> it ends with slaying ends with murder <laughs> it's a it's a podcast with a sad ending that's all yeah, that's all right. yeah. wrong with that. sometimes it happens oh uh, wait no, I, oh no what mark let me put this one in because i put a whole list of things in there i've contributed more than these notes to this show than i have in all of the art of podcasting combined. You're, you're exactly right yes <laughs> This is a super happy story. Can I do one? Uh, sure. Let's do the the elves one. I love that one. Oh, uh, you do? I, I, I don't even do, know what I, it is. I'm just reading the the headline there. I was going to do the cat one, but let's do the well, elves Of course one. you would, because you're a cat guy. We can end with the cat I was story. Just, yeah, that's all right. I know you don't like them, so that's why I was going to do it. Um, on WTFnews.org, there's a, a story about an Icelandic politician who uh, basically got in a car accident, right? He, he flipped his car over, and he landed beside a boulder that was about 40 meters away on the highway. His car was damaged beyond repair, but he escaped the accident unharmed. Then, for some reason, he considered whether this boulder might be a dwelling for hidden people, and, had sa- and he saved the boulder from landing... Wait, and had it saved... Okay, so he basically took the boulder... And brought it back to his house. It's a 30-ton boulder because um, he said it. He considered whether it might be a dwelling for hidden people, and um, he had a specialist in the affairs of elves come check out the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this person who checked it out, she, she said it was incredible. She had never met three generations of elves in the same boulder before. An elderly right. couple mm-hmm. lives on the upper floor of the boulder. A young couple with three children on the lower floor of the boulder. <laughs> yes. And so yeah. they, he, he moved it to his house and, and they asked whether his house, if they could if the people, obviously the elves who lived in this boulder, they wanted it to be on grass. They were wondering if the boulder could be on grass. And he said, yeah, you can, we can put it on grass. And he asked them why. And they, they wanted grass. And they said, because they want to have sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, elven sheep need grass to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's yeah. no picture of the boulder, unfortunately, nor of the uh, elves. <laughs> nor of yeah. the elves. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was a better story. So, than so you're driving along. You crash your car. And you're thinking, hey, I bet there's elves that live in that boulder. (laughs) I need this. I wonder how hard he hit his head when he crashed his car. He literally saw like the whole families just come out and save his butt probably. (laughs) That's bizarre. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that, Steve. A much better note to end on than our scumbag of the week. Yes. All right. I'm going to wrap that up. But before I do. Um, if people want to hold you accountable for the things you did and said on this podcast, how can they find you to do that? Starting with you, Mr. Corey Knapp. That's uh, P-O-R-T-C-O-R-E-Y on Twitter. 
And that's the only way to get a hold of Corey. Twitter. No. That's that's the way I do it. That's the way anybody does. You have to send him a tweet. And Steve, what about yourself? If somebody wants to take you to task for your stance on churches suing people, where can they find you? Well, on your network, I like to promote my site, howtopodcast.biz, because we do the show Art of Podcasting on elementopi.com. So uh, just go to howtopodcast.biz, find my information there. You could also email me at mail at podnuts.com. Or, um, yeah, I'm an email kind of guy. Just you can email me there. Or just go to the forums at elementop.com. We have a uh, periodic table forum. Make your comment there. And uh, who knows? If you're mean enough, you might be our scumbag of the week next week. You can only wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being on the show. I'm calling it. We're done. That ends this episode of the periodic table.